the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Process the bottom line. The stone gold sets up. Everybody dies. Because I'm better than you, and you know it. Woo! Yes, Welcome to Off the Mount with, with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Good evening. Welcome to the only wrestling talk show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to Off the Mat. I'm Alex Slows. With me this at this time is Lyle Gillen in Long Island, New York. How are you doing, Lyle? Doing great, and it's all on Long Island. I correct you yes, all the time! On oh, Florida people Long don't really Island. know that. On Long Island. Thank you. But I'm doing great. Can't wait to have a great show. Um, first week back after the holiday break, but um, really excited. Going to be a good one. Absolutely. We got a lot to get through with WWE Survivor Series. We got an AEW Dynamite review, AEW Rampage review. We'll get into uh, Winter is Coming a little bit and then talk about the MJF CM Punk storyline, which is going on right now a little bit towards the end of the show. But for now, let's dive right into Survivor Series by starting off. I mean, before we start with the Survivor Series... Here's how you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter and Facebook, as well as where you can download the WWSRN app, uh, how you can follow us on Twitter, where you can follow Off The Mat on Facebook and Twitter, and where you can get access to the Off The Mat website. First, you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Twitter and Facebook at WWSRN underscore radio. Again, that is at WWSRN underscore radio. You can follow Off The Mat on Facebook and Twitter at Off The Mat WWSRN. Again, that is at Off The Mat WWSRN. Now here's how you can download the WWSRN app. How do you find it and where do you find it? You search it in your Apple in the Apple App Store or on your Android mobile device. You type in WWSRN. You download the app and it's absolutely free. You don't have to pay a cent or a dime and you get access to all of our show articles, uh, show bios, replays of all the episodes you may have may have missed exclusive interviews, and so much more. So please feel free to download that app and check out all the available content through the WWSRN app. Also, here's how you can find the Off The Mat website. The Off The Mat website is in our Twitter bio description. You click on that link and it will take you to the Off The Mat website where you will get access to a show and pay-per-view schedule from now until the new year. And then you get a show archive of all the past episodes that we have done for Off The Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Then there is a special guest interview page with all the special guests that we have had on this show and so much more. So please, please feel free 
just check out all the latest content on WWSRN and on Off the Mat. So now, while it's time to dive right into Survivor Series, and we have the men's five-on-five elimination match, and the first question I'm going to ask you is, who did you pick to win the elimination match? Did you pick Team Raw or Team SmackDown? Um, I picked the option C, actually, where there was a black hole that emerges, and it sucks up the entire <laughs> ring and everybody in it. That would have been that would have been actually more interesting, <laughs> to be honest. Because I, I, my, I, who I picked was Team Raw. But the one thing that in, that uh, really got me was when Kevin Owens turned on Team Raw. Team Raw. It was shocking to me because uh, I wasn't expecting that. People are, are assuming he's in the triple threat match to take the pin. The fact they're mentioning that his contract is ending makes me wonder and somewhat doubt that. Um. I don't know. I think that Kevin Owens is uh, way better. Should be in a much better position than he actually is. Absolutely. Kevin Steen is one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Um, I think it's a shame that he only had one world title run. But uh, I don't know. I I think it's interesting. But we'll see. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm hoping that uh, they go a different route with this and actually push Kevin Owens to have a championship run because he hasn't had the best well, contract is ending soon. If he's leaving and he hasn't uh resigned. Resigned, then if he loses pretty much that shows that he's not gonna end up doing it. But I don't think that he's gonna be winning. I think he's taking the pin. I don't know why like Seth Rollins has a lot more going for him. I think Yeah, he really does. I think uh Owens was only putting that match in order to have Seth Rollins pin him. I think it's too early to take the belt off Big E, but I've never been a big Big E fan. I'm, he does nothing for me. I'm not a fan of anybody in the New Day. Their gimmick does not attract me. Does not do anything to make me want to tune in. I had a very difficult time separating Big E, the common gimmick wrestler, from the tag division to a main eventer. I can't look at him as both. He's one of the one or the other. Your main event superstar should be a main event superstar, not some comedy wrestler. And that's how I how I view him. How I view everyone the new day. I never took any of them serious, and it was purely because of the um the gimmick that they do, which he still mostly does. The new day gimmick that he did, it's just a little bit more individual. I can see what you're uh, mentioning for a stamp from a standpoint because. A lot of fans, uh, they really liked the New Day for a while, for a couple years. I mean, they were interesting for a while. They had a good story storyline uh, storyline mechanics there, and it was very interesting. But it's not good to have the same thing have the, have the same thing running. It's always good to try and switch up your character every once in a while and try to go with a different angle and. Try to make it as much as interesting as possible, you know? You know, I said it when Kofi um, won the title that he should have turned heel afterwards. Because I... Okay, so when Kofi won the, the world title, I was at the G1 Supercard the night before, and I watched Okada win the IWGP world title. And then the next night, I saw 
Kofi Kingston win the WWE belt. A few days later, I saw, or a few weeks later, it was a few a few Raws after. I think it was um not the Raw after Mania, yeah, the one after that. They opened Raw, and Kofi comes out and he's throwing out pancakes. I'm like, really? That's your WWE champion. I've said this for years. You can go listen to my old show with uh, Josh. I thought it was the stupidest crap in the entire world. And I, I look at as Big E as a comedy wrestler. I, I don't take him seriously. I, he should have turned heel after he won the title too. I agree. I can't, I can't take either of the, any either of those two serious in the main, main event scene. I can't. And it's the same way as if Orange Cassidy beat Kenny Omega in that triple threat. I would not be able to take that seriously. I, I, I can't take... I, the world champion has to be someone who can talk, has a f- fantastic match, and can be taken seriously as, as a, a serious, legit guy. Um, and the only one who I think fits all three of these characters, or all three of those categories who have been a world champion in 2021 has been Kenny Omega. Big E for me just does nothing. He does I would, nothing for I wouldn't... Me. I wouldn't be too hard on Biggie. I mean, he is he is trying, like he is trying to change a different dynamic and trying to connect with the fans. But for the fan, from a fan perspective, it's not really working as much as it used to. So I can totally get why people would eventually get tired and dry with this uh, this gimmick and uh, character. So they, I, I it, it would only make sense for them to try their best to switch it up and. WWE just hasn't done that. They haven't really tried to so, go a different route. What I, how I look at it is WWE does not care if their world champion can wrestle. No. They want their world they champion really to be the most entertaining. The guy that you want to see the most. Mm-hmm. That's what it is with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. That's what it is with Big E currently. Neither of them are anywhere close to the best in ring in, in that company. Nowhere close. In that company, they don't care about the wrestling aspect. And the fan base that mainly still really likes that is too stupid to understand and watch a wrestling show where it's good wrestling belt to belt. Because that stuff, I'm trying, it's not what a world champion should be. A world champion should not be what Big E is. Biggie is not a main event guy. He's not. He's a, a, char- a funny guy. He's great. You know what? He won the world title. He did not deserve to have more than 24 hours. He should have been a guy that won the belt and the next night on Raw got cashed in on. Because he's not a main event guy. I mean, I could... I, I could. And I, you know I, what? I, I'm going to say the same thing right now. Some guys who are faces should not be champions for a long time. Hangman Page is one of them. Hangman Page in two weeks. This week with, or not this week, on day one, Mm -hmm. Seth Rollins should be beating Biggie. Yeah, but I feel like that's where WWE has kind of just missed the opportunity to uh, try and pull away from having Biggie being too funny and too comedic. He can still be funny and comedic a little bit, but every every more than every once in a while, just have him be more serious. Have him look as strong as possible. Like, have well, him let me give an example. 
let me give you an example. So John Cena would be a guy who would be funny. Mm-hmm. Triple H was the same way. Yeah. But do you like with if you see Big E versus if you say Big E versus Seth Rollins for the world title or if you were there and Big E came out, would you take that as wow, that's a that's a big threat to anyone who's gonna be there? No, because he's he's not really not if they make him too uh too if they make him too uh comedic, then yeah, I wouldn't want to see that match. But if they kind of mixed it and made it a different side of Biggie to where he's more aggressive, to where he's more uh, violent, similar to how he was when he tagged with Dolph Ziggler back in, at the beginning of his career. I I would have liked to see that Biggie if they kind of added that side of Biggie into the WWE programming, then it would it would make sense. But it just doesn't right now. A lot of stuff does not make sense in the uh, WWE programming. And I actually think Roman Reigns is a good comparison for that company for what would, would be a guy who you take as a legit threat compared to Big E. Big E is just too goofy. He's too... He's not something that I, I take serious as a world champion. That's just it. I, I can't take him serious. He's too goofy. He's not. I don't think he's the best in ring. If that company was looking for having your world champion be the best in ring, AJ would have would still be the world champ, world title, um, the uh, world champion, I should say. Finn Balor would have won it a couple times. Yeah, AJ Styles would be better in regards to athleticism in the ring, but I think it doesn't really. Mainly, it's not mainly Big E's fault. It mainly has to do with your creative writing, your creative storyline. And I feel like if WWE really tried to change the whole landscape of the the way that uh, wrestlers are presented in WWE right now, Big E would have a better chance of, of looking strong and having a, a good push and a good run. I Like I said to me, I think he should just should have turned heel afterwards on the next night. I said the same thing about Kofi after he won. I just don't think anything to do with the New Day gimmick can be taken serious from main event level. I I, I can't. And speaking of the New Day, uh, yeah, Xavier Woods was in the 5-on-5 Survivor Series elimination match. He was on Team SmackDown, and I think he was... Where was he eliminated? Let me see. I think he was eliminated, like second or third person to be eliminated on Team SmackDown. And it was an interesting match. I really was spot on with the prediction with uh, Team Raw because they have a packed, they had a packed uh, team. They had the almighty Bobby Lashley, who's had great in-ring experience in uh, MMA and especially adding some of some different layers to his movesets in the ring. So that's what made him interesting on that team. And then Finn Balor as well, who's been NXT champion uh, in the past and recently a couple months ago. And then Austin Theory, who has looked, he looked really strong. But the one thing I don't like about Austin Theory is the selfie gimmick. If they got rid of the selfie gimmick and just made him a lot more serious, to, to, a lot more serious than... 
like for example, how he was in Evolve, like that character in Evolve, the Austin Theory in Evolve. If they had mm -hmm. taken that part and added that part of Austin Theory into the WWE Monday Night Raw programming, it would it would it basically do wonders for Austin Theory's career, and it just it just makes him. You want to know why they didn't do that? Doesn't make him look strong at all. You want to know why they didn't do that? Why? Because they didn't come up with the idea for it. They want to come up with their own idea for him and then try to make money off of it. Yeah, I could see that. WWE likes That's exactly to... what they want to do. They want to have their own thing and make their own thing of them. And it has to be something that's cartoony. The best way for me to describe it is they had no idea how to make money off of the character of Karrion Cross coming out of NXT. If they knew how to handle stuff like that, he would have worked. They didn't yeah. know how. That's why they had a no. mask on him. They didn't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. It's the same I, thing with Jeff Hardy in, in a similar fashion because they were pushing him really hard on the SmackDown team for Survivor Series. Even after Survivor Series where they had him in the, the uh, number one contendership battle royale for, to face Roman Reigns for his Universal Championship. And they had him on a strong momentum side the whole way throughout that battle royale. And then towards the end, he gets he it, they make it look like he had won. But I had totally forgot about this. I forgot that Sami Zayn went through the bottom rope, not the middle rope, so he was not eliminated. So he came out, he came running into the ring and threw Jeff Hardy over the ropes and eliminated him. And I thought that was just bad bad decision and making and bad uh, WWE booking. I feel like Jeff Hardy really got messed up there in regards to making him look strong and giving him the opportunity that he needs to really put himself over in the company. There was a lot of really bad booking at Survivor Series. There was a lot of really bad booking. They did a lot of goofy finishes, a lot of DQs for no reason. It's like they just... Use the DQ now to protect people, but doing it every single show, even weekly shows, does not work. No, um, it doesn't. I thought the worst booking of the entire night was the main event of Roman versus Big E. I think the perfect example for how a draw, a time limit draw, would be effective would have been that match. Because yeah. neither of those two really should have lost. No. And I think they could have had a great match that ended maybe with... They could have ended with like a count out or something like that. No. A time limit draw where it looked like Biggie was about to pin Roman. But he ran out of time. That would have been the best way to book that. Because uh, neither yeah. of them looked bad at the end of that. No. None of them looked bad in that match. And... It was amazing because Big E and Reigns were going back and forth. The the in-ring uh, comparison just made sense. They were just throwing out all the stops in this match. And it was, it, it was, a, it was, I would say I would give this main event probably a solid, like, 6.5 out of 10. I think, like, I feel like there's more they could have done a little bit. Like what you said, if they had... If they well, had the time they, limit draw. If they used the time limit draw, um, Big E wouldn't have lost. Which, like I mentioned earlier, that's one of the biggest problems right now with Big E is that you can't take him seriously as a main event guy. 
and why wouldn't they try and utilize his opportunities to make him look that way? And I think having that Tyler Woodrow where he's about to beat Roman makes him look like a bigger deal, puts him over more. And they did the same thing with Bianca Belair. The chase to get the title was better than the run. Mm-hmm. Once she got made, or her, or, or she, once she won the title, I should say, her momentum stopped. And it's kind of been the same way with Big E. He won the world title, and then it's just been dead from there. Where you have to give them chances, and I mentioned it earlier, and I don't really agree with it, but now Hangman's going to be Brian Danielson. So what, what's happened? He's going to be probably one of the top two guys in the company. And he's going to look like a legit threat. His best match, the only match he didn't win, he had a draw with, Ke- with Kenny Omega. The guy that Hangman beat. Then he's mm-hmm. going to go and beat him. That's going to make him look like even more of a bigger deal. Yeah. That is how you build a, a main event guy. Right off the bat, they feud with someone who can put who can give them that name nor, nor uh, notoriety. Absolutely. But and they don't do that with Biggie. The thing is they no. don't have anybody in that company who can do that. No, they really don't. As far as They had to bring back John Cena and Brock Lesnar just to make the, 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 what Roman's doing look halfway decent. As far as somebody who can take Big E to the limit, there's nobody who can really actually do that. No, no not on Raw. And no. nobody and if he was with Goldberg, that just that would be that's like a negative. That makes it even worse. Yeah, it does. I, I don't know who on that show, and if someone's watching and they think of someone, they want to mention them, go for it. But I can't think of anybody on the Royal I roster. can't either. By losing would make him look better. Now, Roman I mean, shouldn't, shouldn't be losing. But if they had that draw where Biggie was about to win, time limits up. Yeah. That, I makes, think that, that, that puts him over, makes him look like a bigger threat. You got to make them look like a good threat. You got to make them look like that they can possibly take the title right off them. And the only way you can do that is by basically taking each other into high water in a really high, high uh, caliber match. Before we go to break, I do want to dive into one of the other matches that was on the Survivor Series card. The Intercontinental Championship match with Nakamura and Damian Priest. As far as I can see... In regards to this match, I feel like it didn't have to end in a disqualification. You, I'm, I'm tired of like WWE ending matches and DQs way too often, like you've said, Lyle, and you've you've mentioned this early on in the show. And I feel like they should have had Nakamura and Priest really try to take each other as far as they can go, and they really didn't do that. They don't do that there because they restrict their guys too much. So if both of them went to what they can actually do, mm-hmm. they'd probably get yelled at in the back. Perfect example. Brian Danielson had ha- never did what he d- is doing now in WWE. No, there were because too many restrictions. Were- exactly. Guys can't do that there. They don't have the ability to. Can't let them go and do everything they can. And that's why I feel like Nakamura, when his contract is up with WWE... I think he needs to really just decide uh, if this is going to really benefit him or if it's going to even do wonders for his career to go somewhere else. 
either to AEW or go back to New Japan. I would like him to go back to New Japan. Yeah. But I don't think he will. I think he has no problem doing what he's doing now, unfortunately. The selfish wrestling fan inside of me wants him back. Yeah. In New Japan, he could go there and he could go back to chaos. Mm-hmm. I like the same thing with uh, Balor. For him to go back to being Prince Devitt and go go there and feud with Jay White for control of Bullet Club. Really, if you great. think about it, when's the last time they've had him on TV to really defend his title? Oh, he, not, he did like not, one time since. Yeah, one time. They, they, they basically made the Intercontinental title a devotion, pretty much. It's been like that forever. It never used to be like that. Uh, I would say like... I feel like the last like five... Uh, no. The Miz had that one really big run. Mm-hmm. Ever since then, it's been kind of like an afterthought. Yeah, it's been... It, I don't know. I, I, I just wish that WWE would try to really um, do something different and try to... Uh, basically, give the Intercontinental Championship its its rightful focus, and they just they've made it into a joke. They should it's, do more of what AEW is doing with the TNT title. Yeah, what they're doing there that is perfect. That's how you build the title mm-hmm. and make it look like a big deal. They made that title, I would say, probably a bigger it's, deal right now than their world title. Yeah, they really have, and I it's 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 been amazing to see how. The TNT Championship has become more and more relevant progressively in the last couple months to a year. It's It's been amazing to see the progress of that. Yes, definitely has been. Uh, I think we'll take a quick break. We'll, we'll be right back. But when we come back, we'll dive right into AEW Dynamite. We'll review that. We'll get into AEW Rampage and so much more. So please, please stay with us. As we go into commercial break, we'll be right back here on Off the Map on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It, it is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. This is the worst town I've ever been in. No! Now welcome back to Off the Mat with Alex Lowe's, Josh Silverberg, and Lyle Gillen. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for the second half of Off the Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Again, I'm Alex Lowe's. With me is Lyle Gillen. And it's time to dive into the AW Dynamite review. And I gotta say, I really, really enjoyed this AW Dynamite episode this week. Uh, my favorite match from the whole event was Lee Moriarty versus CM Punk. Oh, yes. I really, really enjoyed that. And I liked how CM Punk was taking Lee Moriarty, like testing him, taking him into deep water, seeing what he's capable of, what he can do, and just taking as many hits as possible from Lee Moriarty to basically show the crowd how good he is and what he's uh, great at in the squared circle. I would love a um, another match where they have a longer match between each other. I yeah. know I've mentioned quite a few times how good Lee Moriarty is and how I think he would be one of the best in the company in the next few years. Um, and I think just 
the brush with CM Punk can elevate him. You had yeah, the same really thing can. with uh, Daniel Garcia when he had the brush with how uh, with uh, Darby when Darby was one of the top guys. Mm-hmm. He is one of the top guys in AEW, and um, it made him even better of a threat. Even when Daniel Garcia had that match with CM Punk, his was great. I think yeah. they have three young guys who can really be the future in Lee Moriarty, Wheeler Yuta, and Daniel Garcia. Yeah, I think I think they're fantastic. I love all three of them. Yeah, they are great. And as far as uh, people they can learn from from in this in the squared circle, they got people like CM Punk who have been in the business for a very very long time, going back to his Ring of Honor days. Then you got Brian Danielson. You got. Um, Hangman Adam Page. So there's so much that these younger talent can learn from and really grow and adapt to. Yeah. And uh, my second favorite part of this whole event was when MJF came out after uh, he came out before the match and then after the match he interrupted CM Punk. And I like how this whole storyline, this whole feud is going so far. I mean, last week uh, when they had their uh, war, their war of words, their uh, mic battle, their promo battle, mm-hmm. it was it was amazing. I mean, uh, what do you I what do you think it, about how uh, he called him the a uh, the Miz comment? He, he called him. Yeah, the Miz comment. I thought what, that was hilarious. I what do you th- What do you actually think about that? Because that's something that um, people online have said about MJF. And that's where CM Punk got it from. I mean, I could kind of see it. Um, first off, I think that The Miz is nowhere near MJF's level. No. Um, no, he's what, definitely tell me, not. Tell me one match that MJF, I'm sorry, The Miz has, has had that is close to the caliber of MJF and Darby Allin. I can't think of one. Sorry. I can't. I don't see any, any Tell match. me one match that The Miz has had that's close to uh, M- uh, MJF and uh, Jungle Boy. I can't. Re- uh, there, there really isn't any. He, he's not good in the ring at all. People just hear, oh, they can talk. Oh, yeah. He's like the Miz. <laughs> because, like I said earlier in the show, people that watch the WWE programming and and only the WWE programming. If you watch WWE, AEW, New Japan, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the people who only watch a uh, WWE. Mm-hmm. Because oh, the, it's not uh, their fault. It's not their fault because that's the only thing that's been around for like twenty years. Mm-hmm. So they are not sh- shown good belt to belt wrestling on a consistent basis to know what it is. No, they're not. So yeah. when they see a guy like MJF go out there with Darby Allen and have a and steal the show with MJF like he did at uh, Double or Nothing mm-hmm. and steal a show, and it wasn't this year. It was uh, a couple of years ago, um, it was tw- twenty uh twenty twenty. Um, you just wonder how do people get to that comparison? There literally it's, is. I, I think no it's comparison. idiotic. It that is. People actually believe that MJF that uh, the Miz is better than MJF. There's no comparison. Uh, MJF has far more experience on the microphone than the Miz. I wouldn't say his experience. I would say he has more talent on him. Than yeah. 
And uh, I actually put a, a poll up on the off the mat WWSRN Twitter uh, a couple days ago. And I asked people what they thought of the MJF Punk promo. And 75% said it was amazing. 25% said it was good. And zero said uh, zero uh, didn't believe it was poor. So most, ev- most many, of everybody believed that how many the people promo voted? was great. Uh, four people voted. Total. <laughs> Okay, but I, um, yeah, I think this whole this whole dynamic dynamic of this storyline, this angle, has been very I'm very so- interesting. I'm sorry, I think that was very funny. And uh, I think CM Punk and uh, MJF are doing a great job in regards to telling a good story and just showing the fans how they can really make this uh, storyline. Uh, amazing and how they can get people invested into the program each and every week and continue to do that and continue to grow the uh the numbers for AEW and the tv ratings yes do another poll maybe we'll get five people to vote but i did see a tweet i was it i forget who it brian alvarez i think it was from yeah he said that this week's AEW viewership was slightly lower than last week's in regards to the uh, the uh, the ratio of like TV, so ratio. did you know that the Thanksgiving Eve episode was the most watched they've had in a very long time, and that is after DVR numbers. Mm-hmm. We have to understand people just because they didn't watch doesn't mean like live doesn't mean they didn't watch it. No. So, like, okay, I I don't know I don't understand why people try. When it goes down a little, just a little bit, they try and jump over eight. Ah, your viewership's going down. It's just really bizarre to me. Yeah, it is bizarre. I want to ask you, what did you think about the Cody Rhodes uh, flaming table spot? Uh, I thought that spot was amazing. I thought it was good in in regards to putting on a good display of athleticism. But the one thing I I really don't understand is is how can Cody like put his body on the line, basically take himself and put himself through a flaming table and still get booed. <laughs> uh, you hit the nail on the head, Alex. Um, I don't know. Um, no matter what he does, it's not good enough for some people. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not enough for any of the fans. And I just don't get it because I can see why people would want him to turn heel, but... For him and for the company, it doesn't feel right because if you think about it, his father, Dusty Rhodes, what he he for the most part for his whole career was a babyface. He was a good guy for part of his but mo- most of his people, career. People yeah. liked him. People liked Cody Rhodes as a face for like two months, and then they stopped. Yeah, and I feel like that's why he didn't do it. Like that's why he changed his mind. At first, he was like, hey, I'm going to go heal. And he was like, uh, I, yeah, it doesn't feel right to me because of what, because of the legacy that his father carries and what, what his family carries. I think they have two completely different characters, though. You can't really compare them. He's trying to be that guy that, that that's loves and iconic of his father. But his destiny to get to that iconic part, that same level, would be as a heel. Mm-hmm. He's immensely better as a heel. 
I'm gonna use the other face. I I mean, if you saw that picture on Twitter, Lyle, um, from AEW, it was after the event. There was a picture of uh, Cody Rhodes walking into the back, and you could see all the burns on his back, like all the marks. Did you see the picture you posted on Instagram today? No. It was pretty crazy, and. He like I like like you said he goes through the, that table and people still saw him. Yeah. Then people tried to play it as oh well he was the one who actually went through the table so should what, how was he able to do the pin because he was protecting the opponent. If Andre went through it his head would have went in the fire. Yeah, and he would have been hurt or severely killed. Yes, that oh I would get killed, but that's why Cody went through it. Yeah, um, he was the, doing it the, to protect him. In, in kayfabe. Yeah. Cody, uh, Andrade's head went through the table because they tried mm. to show that a little bit of it going through there. It yeah. really didn't. Um, but that's what the move is supposed to do. And in reality, Cody was trying to protect protect him mm-hmm. by him taking the brunt of the blo- of the uh, of the spot. Generally, whoever is giving the move in wrestling, for the most part, something like that level, is taking more of the blunt. Yeah. Um, or more of the brunt. I'm sorry. Um, and Cody did here, and people pick it apart and try and act like it's real for when Cody does something, but I don't understand. So it, in kayfabe, Andrade was the one who got most of the move, mm-hmm. and people can't. I think that's the issue. In people, People can't understand for what's what's real at one at one point in time and what really isn't. Now I do agree with them to an aspect that it could have been done differently to make mm-hmm. it better. Maybe have Andrade's back on a superplex go through it instead of Cody's. Um, then Andrade is protected and and Cody doesn't take majority of the brunt. But I don't know why people have to twist it and and can't just live in the moment of it, you know? I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't know? I don't get it either. I mean, they're, that's what that's what sports entertainment is all, not sports entertainment, that's what wrestling is all about because these athletes are going out every single night and literally putting their bodies at risk, putting themselves on the line and really showing the passion that they have for this business. Yeah, it's why I hate the term fake. Yeah, I don't like I like I that I don't like that word. Really yeah, don't. it's predetermined, but guys get seriously injured all the time. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time. Yeah, it does. Um, I showed someone a video f- from Nick Cage, and the person goes, "But it's fake, right?" Well, it's not just, really. Just think about Stone Cold. He had to get his neck fused. When no, he got no, 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 no. GCW. I mean They're, the power driver, you know. GCW with with Nick Gage, they are really hitting you with light tubes. Well, the real light tubes. They're not connected. Yeah. Glass. That glass door. Glass, that, that's yeah. all actual stuff. Those aren't props they made. No, and the mercury in the bulbs too. That burns your skin. Yeah, Leo Rush and um, Matt Cardona both had glass in them for a while after their matches. It's that's tough shit to do. And yeah. People call that fake? You try. Uh, you know what I tell people? Like, you go you go and try and do it. You go try and do it and tell me if it's what? fake. What? 
What? <laughs> That's what? basically what I tell somebody is like if they tell me that word, I'm like, you go try it and then tell me if it is. What? <laughs> but uh let's dive into the AEW Rampage preview. I believe the show starts at ten o'clock tonight, and we have a really interesting match that I can't wait to see, which is uh, Tony Nese against Simi Gavora uh, for the TNT Championship. Uh, I'm really, really interested to see how AEW uh, makes uh, Tony Nese look and how, how he does in the ring compared to his time in WWE. And uh, I'm really intrigued to see how he does. And then we have the AAA World Tag Team Champions FTR against Pac and Penta L Zero Miro. And then we have Jay Cargill facing Janai Kai, who is a, a independent wrestler. She's been in here in Florida. She's wrestled in New Jersey, and now she's making her AEW debut. So this is going to be a big, big lifetime opportunity for her to really, really go out there against Jay Cargill and show how much she can deliver, how quick and how talented she is. And it's a perfect, perfect uh, moment for her. And I'm really, really happy for her. And I'm, I'm extremely excited to see how she does against Jade. I think that match is going to be great. But it's going to be a squash match. It's going to be great for a squash. It'll be, it'll be a bundle squash. I think it'll be a... Uh, I think uh, they should just let her... Le yeah. No? Well, they could just let her go for a couple minutes. Let Janai kind of bring the edge in the matchup for a little bit and then if have Jade. Yeah. If they didn't let Kira Hogan do it, they're not going to let her do it. Yeah. That's 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 kind of like... all she can do right now is do squashes. She's too green. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why I think uh, Janai would be better on AEW Dark than... Ha and have a debut match there instead of AEW Rampage. AEW Rampage is mostly focused on talent that's already had uh, a chance to grow and really uh, progress in, in their time in the company already. And I feel like Janai would have a better opportunity to grow over in AEW Dark and have a good start there until she feels ready to go to Dynamite and Rampage. And it's going to be an interesting show because uh, uh, I feel like um, I feel like Sammy Guevara is not going to take uh, he's not going to let up on Tony Nese. Tony Nese is a guy who's very experienced. He's a great uh, in-ring grappler. He's a guy that takes people to the mat. He's great with submissions. He's great with power moves. And uh, I think Sammy Guevara really needs to dig down deep here, and he's going to do that tonight. And I feel like Sammy Guevara is uh, going to win. Who do you think takes the belt off Sammy Guevara? Huh? Who do you think takes the belt off him? It's got to be somebody that's new to the roster, new to AEW. No, I, I shouldn't. should be someone young that they're trying to build up. Should somebody be, uh, younger? Oh, you no. know who would be good? Powerhouse uh, House. Daniel Garcia. I, and that would be good also. Um, I, I would say Powerhouse Hobbs. I think that would be a great option. Or Hook. He hasn't had a match in AEW yet. Powerhouse Hobbs. I forget his name. He has the glasses on. He's in He's in Team Taz. Ricky Starks, yeah. I actually like that one better. 
Ricky Starks against uh, Sammy Guevara. Yeah. That would be a better like... match than Hook. Mm-hmm. I mean, not Hook, I'm uh, Hobbs. Yeah. But I think Hobbs deserves it more. But, yeah, I would love Ricky Starks versus Sammy Guevara. All right, now it's time to dive into our finisher. And I'll let you go while first. What's your finisher? No, 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 you go first. Okay. So my finisher is I can't wait for winter is coming in two weeks. Uh, Hangman out in page will have his first title defense against Brian Danielson. And this is going to be a, a long-awaited, anticipated match. Because if you really think about it, Brian Danielson has been more dangerous than he's ever been in in wrestling, and I feel like Kenny, I feel like Hangman Adam Page knows that, and he's going to be ready. He's going to have Brian Danielson scouted, and that's eventually going to allow him to retain his championship. My finisher, uh, it's a tough one. That's a tough one. I gotta say, you know, and we didn't really talk about it, but next week I'm going to be at. Uh, Dynamite at UBS Arena. Mm-hmm. And every single week, Brian Danielson has been facing members of the Dark Order. Mm-hmm. Now, Dark Order, Aaron Chicago, and he faced Cole Cabana. Knocked his tooth out. Yeah. Then, he went in Atlanta, faced Alan uh, Angels, and uh, he, in case head, tore his MTO. Yep. And now, the Dark Order has Two guys from Long Island. Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I wonder if they do a handicap match. Oh, two on one? Yeah, that would be amazing if they that. Did would that would be very good, and then you could that would make um Danielson look even stronger going to Hangman the week after. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Now, I do like both of both of those guys, Silver and Reynolds, but they're not big names. So I I, I think they're they put on a good enough match. And make Danielson look good, and mm-hmm. that's really it right now. That's yeah. he doesn't need to be made to look good, like. But the week before, I think they're gonna get their asses kicked in a handicap match. I think that's great. Right before that, he'll look super strong. Yeah, I think that's the the right route to go with Brian Danielson. Make him look strong. Have him beat uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds going into to, going towards the pay per view. Going towards that show. But now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's time to end the show. But before we end the show, again, here's how you can follow the Worldwide Sports Radio Network on Facebook and Twitter at WWSRN underscore radio. Again, that is at WWSRN underscore radio. You can follow me on Twitter at Show Slows. You can follow Lyle on Twitter at Lyle Gillen. Uh, you can follow... Off the mat, WWSRN on Twitter. WWSRN. Also, don't forget again to download the Worldwide Sports Radio Network app. Absolutely free. You get access to show articles, uh, show bios. Uh, you get access to exclusive interviews. So be sure again to check out the Off the Mat website. The link to the website is in our Twitter bio and description. You click on that link and it will take you to the Off The Map website where you will get access to our show and pay-per-view schedule from now until into the new year. Then we have our show archive, which you can see all of the recent and past episodes that we have done on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
Then we have a special guest interview page where you can check out all the special guests that we have had on Off the Mat. And then we have an events page and a contact page. So please, please feel free to check all of that out. Also, check out our Anchor FM channel. Uh, I have a pre-show Anchor FM channel for Off the Mat where I talk about different stuff in wrestling, including New Japan and all the different uh, shows we don't know, normally touch on. And, and also, I have all of those clips uh, moved over into YouTube. We also have a YouTube channel for that, so please check that out as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it here. Thank you to our engineers, Speedy. Now, what do you have to say, Kenny Omega? Take it away. I must beat you, you. so say with me now if you know it. Goodbye, and good night. Thank you for listening to Off The Mat on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Your source for all things wrestling and sports entertainment. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.